Welcome to the Dell Technologies Edge and IoT Power Chat podcast series, where you hear from the experts about edge and IoT, safety and security, and computer vision technologies. Hello, everyone. Bruce Hall here, and welcome to another Dell Technologies Edge and IoT Power Chat. And today we're going to discuss digital and smart cities with Dell partner Intel. And our guests are Mr. Sajid Khan, who's the Global Director for Smart Cities and Transportation for Intel, and Mr. Martin Yates, who's the Global Digital Cities Chief Technology Officer. How are you doing today, Phyllis? Doing great. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you so much. Uh, Glad to be here. Okay. Well, thank you very much, guys, for being on the podcast. Could we start with a little bit of your background? And Sajid, why don't we start with you? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Bruce. Sajid Khan, I've been with Intel for 20 years. I've done a whole host of things ranging from strategic planning to marketing across data center, comms, and mobile. These last three to four years, I've been working in the very interesting segment of smart cities and transportation, and I mostly think about strategy and marketing. So I'm the global director of strategy and marketing for that segment. All right. Thanks, Sajid. And Martin, a little bit of your background, please. I'm Martin Yates, the Global Digital Cities Chief Technologist at Dell Technologies. In fact, I'm now coming up to my 10th year in Dell, having run digital transformation consulting practices for a few years. And in the last three, I've been running the Digital Cities Field Technology and Architecture team. We've got a really exciting role here in assisting city governments, national agencies, transport and public service operators in their plans to build a digital transformational future. Prior to Dell, actually, I was served in the UK Joint Defence Task Force. Then I moved into the commercial oil industry with Shell and later into the automotive industry with Mercedes-Benz. Well, that's an impressive lineage, Martin. And you are based in Singapore, correct? That's right, yes. Sunny Singapore. In fact, we're very proud in Singapore. We believe that often, according to our rankings, we're the number one smartest digital city on the planet. But you've got to work hard to keep that status. Sajid, I'd like to start with you. Let's start with a definition. When we think about smart cities, it's one of these new buzzwords, kind of like cloud was when it first came out. How do you define smart cities? I personally like to argue that cities have always been smart. When people get together, they work together, they solve problems, they innovate, and they make their cities smart. If you dig back into the annals of history, you'll find a ton of examples. People getting together and developing concrete making street grid plans to better manage the movement of people, the movement of goods. Now, when you come to sort of modern times and the term smart cities, it's really about disruptive technologies like IoT, AI, and cloud that help us better manage outcomes and improve the lives of citizens. Martin, do you want to add to that? As we go around the world, we're seeing dozens of terms. So smart cities is one, connected cities, intelligent cities and many, many more. But in a sense, they all sort of amount to the same direction. And a few years ago in Dell Technologies, we actually thought that digital cities would be perhaps for us be a more apt firm. I mean, after a while, we really sort of making digital transformation in the cities. So we refer to our our own business unit as the digital cities team. Throughout this podcast, and I think we can use the terms smart cities and digital cities interchangeably. Well, that makes great sense. And thanks for that clarification, Martin. Sajid, you mentioned something interesting, how cities have always been smart. Can you tell us your perspective on what's different about how we view digital cities today compared to the past? There's a couple of key things that differentiate where we are today versus where we were even 100 years ago. If you look at population trends globally, there's been this huge hockey stick starting somewhere after the Industrial Revolution, 
it took us 200,000 years to get to the first 1 billion in population. The second billion took 123 years, and the third billion took all of 33 years. So it shows you the pace of growth of just people on this planet. If you look at the number of cities with, let's say, a million plus in population, that number, just as recently as the year 1900, we had 12, all of 12 cities with 1 million plus in population. If you look at that number today, it's 488 cities. And that number is expected to just skyrocket in the coming decades. This population growth and the number of cities with so many people living in these cities, it just lends itself to a lot of challenges and a lot of opportunities that technology can solve. Martin, did you have any thoughts on that and what's different about cities now compared to how we used to view them? Oh my goodness, yes. Technology has transformed that world of the analogs we once known. When I started out in the world, our businesses were paperbacked. We used cash to pay for things. Purchase order numbers, work orders, certificates, personal identity, you name it. Everything that kind of defined our earlier years has been displaced by digital technologies. And that all-important part of dealing with our government, which has now become so much more convenient for any number of services, I look to those key technologies behind that. What are those things? And if we see now that our internet backbones are ever more advanced, we have cloud computing in the last 15, 20 years, the LTE networks just get better, software-defined services, faster CPUs, smarter data storage platforms, artificial intelligence services that we've all been talking about, smart vision. And now we're even starting to think there's things like blockchain, which is beginning to pick up in the industry in terms of its use cases. Sajid, back to you. We talked about digital cities then and now. Can you expand on digital cities segments? What different kinds of digital cities are you seeing now? And discuss some of the key use cases for digital cities. There's many, many different segments inside of the digital cities space. Inside of those segments, you have a lot of different use cases as well. Now, the first layer Are you looking at public RFPs and public sorts of entities that you're working with? Or are you looking at private entities? A lot of people tend to kind of just associate the term with municipalities and departments of transportation, which tend to be public entities. In addition to that, you have entities like airports and universities or theme parks, many different spaces, even retail that constitute the digital cities, smart cities space that you'll want to think about in terms of where you can instrument change when it comes to deploying technology into these different venues. And Martin, could we get your take on use cases and what's different about digital cities today compared to the past? So one of the key drivers we've seen is around the term of safe city, and that's really about using vision-based technology and IoT data to deliver outcomes that serve the interests in citizen safety. It's a real key one. And that can be examples of things like violation systems are getting smarter and better, systems that alert people to jaywalking, which would be obviously dangerous to people. A lot of people's lives in the world are lost on the road today. Things like access control to buildings, things like being able to spot accidents and manage accidents better, deal with security issues. Look for things like fires and incidents that might happen through the use of video analytics, where to use the traditional human operator would simply not be fast enough. You're going to get a much smarter, faster reactive city when you can respond to those incidents. Citizens themselves are being armed with applications that allow them to provide notifications about incidents without having to call the classic 911, and it's all really part of that safe city evolution. 
But another concept that I've heard about, I wanted to stay with you for this question, Martin, is the idea of the digital city expanding beyond and outside the city. Can you tell us about that? So when we start various different engagements with our customers, we quickly see there are four groups that emerge from that. We've just mentioned type one, which is really the safe city, which is really around building within campuses and universities, services with airports. And then we see that group two, which is a smart city. So this is normally city mayor saying, I want my whole city to be much smarter, much more better enabled. And therefore, we go ahead with that digital city enablement. In many countries, you have things done at a state level, at a province level. So we coin the term you know, smart provinces or smart states. And number four group that is becoming more prominent is the smart nations. Singapore itself is an example of a smart nation where we simply say it's everything. If you're on our soil or in parts of our ocean, this is part of our whole smart nations as that level of program. I would say today we probably have more demand for the safe city and smart cities. We are seeing an increasing demand where the entire country says, I want to be smart. Last year, we rented an MOU with the government of Thailand to help them design their future digital cities and digital nation. So what we're really seeing is we have all types of customers coming to Dell Technologies for all types of assistance, and we're really glad to help out in that space. And just to sort of add on, Martin, if I may, I recall about three to four years ago when I first came into this space and I was doing a public discussion with a number of people here in the Portland area talking about smart cities and a gentleman raised his hand in the audience and said, hey, I'm representing a county. Is this all applicable to me as well? So it just goes to your point about these are technologies, available technologies, available solutions that can be applied to cities. They can be applied equally well to counties or states or at the national level. And it's all about improving the lives of people. Thanks for those perspectives, guys. I'd like to now focus more on some of the technical aspects of digital cities. And what we start with is, what are some of the challenges in deploying digital city technology? And Sajid, why don't we start with you? So as I first started to come into this segment, as I spoke with city mayors or, again, departments of transportation and CIOs, CTOs, technology did not seem to be the key issue in terms of moving forward with deployments. It wasn't the, hey, I can't find a certain technology or a certain solution. It was a lot more about the vision of where do I want to go? Where do I want to take the city? Going from there, developing that into a business case, working with stakeholders and figure out project plans, quite simply to get going with projects. That seemed to be the stumbling block that I just kept running into. One of the things that I like to say to folks that are thinking about where they want to go and how they want to go about deploying smart city technologies is to think big. So to have this big vision to understand where they're trying to go and to socialize it with their stakeholders, but to get started, to start small. So even though you're thinking big, you start small and then you move fast. That seems to help a lot in terms of getting this all pulled together. Martin, anything to add to that? What I love about technology is in many ways it's quite predictable. You can put things together and there's a very good chance that it's going to turn out just how you want it as a design. What you cannot say is within government and within organizations, the human side of the decision making is, is much more challenging. Even though you can put together a vision and say, this is how we see the digital city looking for the future, not everyone will agree with that vision. And people will have their own special interests. They'll have their own interests in certain types of technology that they've been used to. They'll have ways of working, a certain culture to working. And 
the biggest barriers to overcome are not, not the technology and of course as well as how the, the budgets are being distributed amongst the different departments is also a big thing because that's government for you in general at least perhaps for private organizations to some degree too so lots of effort must really be put into the stakeholder management you cannot have a smart city or a digital city without good integration of different services it just simply doesn't happen so my advice is always spend a lot of time with your stakeholders and fix that part first the technology will fix itself this concludes part one of our podcast check back for part two where sajid and martin discuss key intel and dell technologies that support digital cities how intel and dell work together to deliver digital city solutions and how they work with the broader digital city ecosystem and share examples of digital city projects where to find more info and final thoughts.